Hey y'all, I'm your host, Rita Mercer, your wellness coach, licensed counselor, and virtual friend on this wild and crazy journey called life. On this show, we talk about loss and love, mindset and coping skills, and everything in between to give you all the tools to live fully and freely in all things wellness. Get ready to experience a reset and welcome in more abundance in joy, freedom, wisdom, and wellness. Hey, you got this. This is the Daring Well Podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello and welcome back, Darren listeners. Today, we're diving into the heart of healthy relationships with an episode entitled Relationship Goals, Finding Your Circle. Lean in as we uncover the secrets to building meaningful connections and finding your circle of trust and support. Let's go. So let's explore the differences between healthy and unhealthy relationships. Healthy relationships are built on a foundation of mutual trust, respect, communication, and support. In contrast, unhealthy relationships may involve control, manipulation, lack of boundaries, and may even show up as codependency. So how do you know when your relationship is unhealthy for you? In our cancel culture, everyone wants to cut everyone off, and that's also not healthy either. To everything, we must bring in truth, we must bring in love and balance. The key is to learn when to mend and when to let go. And sometimes the most loving thing to do is to let go. But we don't have to throw in the towel so easily when the going does get tough. As we go through today's episode, I'm going to share some key pieces of relationships and provide some insights on recognizing and nurturing healthy relationships while learning ways to navigate away from toxic ones. Learning the difference is critical for building and maintaining meaningful connections that bring us more joy. Relationships are like the pillars of our lives. They can either support us and strengthen us and build us up, or they can cause us to crumble and not be strong. That's why it's critical to know the difference between a healthy relationship and an unhealthy one. So let's explore these two concepts a little bit more. Healthy relationships. These are relationships that give us life. They give us energy. They make us feel safe and seen and heard. Emotional safety is what we find in healthy relationships. When we're in a healthy relationship, we find mutual respect, we find trust, open communication, and equal partnership. There's also a felt sense of emotional safety when we think about being autonomous. So that means each person can stand in their own light independently, and they feel the freedom to be themselves without the fear of judgment, criticism, or rejection. I believe many relationships do start out well-meaning, but oftentimes they dissolve into very, very unhealthy patterns due to unmet internal needs. In a healthy relationship, whether it be between friends, coworkers, family, intimate partners, each person has to truly feel like they're valued, heard, seen, and loved. These kinds of relationships allow for individual growth as well as growth collectively. They also have healthy boundaries where each person understands and respects the other person's personal space and needs. There is a healthy balance of give and take. So not 50-50, but healthy relationships are reciprocal. So it's healthy to expect something 
out of a relationship. And when conflict does arise in a relationship, we can't escape conflicts by playing small and invalidating our feelings. And so not if, but when conflict does arise, it's talked about. It's not swept under the rug. An example of what a healthy relationship looks like is a friend who is always there to celebrate your victories, offer a shoulder to lean on during tough times. They respect your boundaries and then they encourage you to be your best and your true self. This type of relationship energizes you. It makes you feel good about yourself and it adds value to your life. On the flip side, looking at unhealthy relationships, these are relationships that are not life-giving and they deplete us of our energy, our time, our love. These type of relationships may be marked by control, manipulation, dependence, dishonesty, and disrespect. There's a constant feeling of walking on eggshells and conflict when it does arise, it often turns to very explosive blow-ups and arguments without a resolution. This can lead to emotional, mental, and sometimes physical harm. The lack of emotional safety in unhealthy relationships looks like shutting down because you're so afraid to express your feelings, to express your opinions openly. So you use all of your energy to avoid conflict at all costs. And that's also very unhealthy. All the while, you're invalidating your own experiences and your own feelings. The truth is, if a relationship could be lost on the simple premise of sharing your feelings with love and not in anger, not in bitterness or hate, then it wasn't a healthy relationship to begin with, right? So let's think about that. Healthy relationships, they can handle the weight. They can handle the pressure of being honest and having honest, true communication. Actually, the truth is working through conflict makes you stronger and the other person stronger. You learn more about yourself in the process. You learn how to navigate difficult conversations, which is a normal part of life. And you learn how to listen with empathy. So rather than fighting to win, you're fighting to love and you're fighting to grow. Now that, that my friend is powerful and that will stand the test of times. An example of what unhealthy relationships looks like is, for example, a partner or coworker, supervisor family member. They're criticizing you. They're belittling you. They undermine your self-worth and confidence, and they don't respect and honor your boundaries. And they might even try to make you feel guilty for something that you had no control over. This type of relationship is not sustainable. It can take a toll on your physical health as well as your mental and emotional well-being, leaving you feeling exhausted, depleted, drained, and very unhappy. If some of these words are hitting home, take a quick check-in with yourself. Ask yourself, does this feel life-giving or is it life-sucking? Be careful not to judge one moment in isolation, but consider the whole story, the whole relationship. Were there patterns of unhealthy behaviors that you've noticed that you ignored for the fear of being alone or for the fear of being rejected? Those could be some telltale signs. Do you feel emotionally safe to be authentic and to have honest conversations? then that is another good indicator for you. Healthy relationships uplift us and they help us grow. While unhealthy relationships, they drain us and they hinder our growth. It's critical to recognize the signs of an unhealthy relationship and to take the necessary steps to protect our energy, our financial resources, our emotional and our mental health. 
Now that we have some clarity of what healthy and unhealthy relationships look like, it's important to understand that there are different levels of relationship. I categorize relationships into three different levels. The truth is, people come into our lives for many different reasons. It's up to us to know how to show up for them and how to show up for ourselves. Please see the show notes for the link to the handout to better visually understand this concept. As we dive into the dynamics of each level of relationship, we're going to look at how to nurture ourselves as well as others so that we can navigate relationships at every stage of our life. Our inner circle. So let's imagine three circles, one encapsulating the other. On the first level, we find our inner circle. These are the individuals who know us intimately, who love and support us unconditionally, and these are the people we connect with when we want to share our biggest joys and our deepest pains. Our inner circle may include family members, a romantic partner, or even close friends who have become just like family. Cultivating these deep connections is vital to our growth. They are life-giving and they provide us with a strong sense of emotional well-being and a sense of belonging. The first level of relationships are the people who know your deepest, darkest secrets. They know your dreams, they know your fears, and these are the relationships where you feel safe to be vulnerable and feel most comfortable being your true and authentic self. Remember, it's completely normal and healthy to have fewer people at this level. This is your inner circle. After all, it's about your quality of relationships, not the quantity. Social media would have us to believe that we have hundreds and thousands of people on this first level. The first level is where we find our most profound connections. It's our inner circle. These are the people who know us best. Again, they love us unconditionally and they are there for us no matter what. The secondary circle, so moving up the second level, these connections are based on our shared interests, values, experiences, and emotional support. These are the people you might spend a great deal of time with and hang out with a little bit more frequently. You may even share more personal details with them, more than a typical acquaintance, but there's still some level of distance. These relationships are significant as they create a different level of understanding and connection. They are people we trust and confide in and rely on for support. The tertiary circle. The outer circle at the third level consists of our casual relationships. So if someone is at this level, they're there for a reason. And that's okay. There's no need to feel pressure to put someone in a different level if it doesn't feel true to you, regardless of the type of relationship. Remember, you are the chooser. And in different seasons of life, you will find the same people who are with you in a different season are no longer with you due to many factors which we'll explore in our next section, Cultivating Healthy Connections. This third level of relationships, these are people who we interact with in passing, such as coworkers, our neighbors, and acquaintances from social gatherings. These are people we interact with on a surface level. They don't require a high degree of emotional investment, but they do play an important role in the hierarchy of our social network. The truth is, we need various types of relationships to thrive. There's a sense of connection, but you don't necessarily share deep personal details with them, and that's okay. The relationships found in this third level may be good, but the key factor that I want you to remember is that they typically lack depth and true intimacy, that true vulnerability. 
the type of intimacy that allows you to feel safe and to truly be your true authentic self. As you see, each of these three levels of relationship offer us a unique sense of identity and depth of connection, as well as serves different purposes in our lives. Cultivating healthy connections. Let's take a look at relationships through the lens of nature versus nurture. So how do we nurture ourselves while at the same time seek to cultivate healthy relationships with others? It all starts with our awareness and our understanding of our own needs while setting boundaries so that we can maintain healthy relationships. I truly understand how hard it is to set boundaries, especially considering the three different levels of relationships that we just covered. But relationships require boundaries. And boundaries are super important and absolutely necessary if you desire healthy relationships. Boundaries is the gift we give to ourselves and to others. It helps us to make things crystal clear so there's no misunderstanding of whose wants and needs have priority. But boundaries is just one piece of the relationship puzzle. To better understand how to cultivate healthy connections, let's go deeper with exploring nature versus nurture. Now, the nature versus nurture debate is as old as time, yet it offers us a unique glimpse into a different perspective of how we connect and why we sometimes feel disconnected in relationships. That cheesy breakup line, it's not you, it's me. You know what? That actually has some truth to it. There's no shame or judgment if you notice that some of this might feel a little true. That's a good thing. That means your awareness is being queued up for change. Don't stop there, though, but go further with a licensed counselor or a wellness coach. At the end of this episode, I will share a few next steps you can take to get started with your relationship goals. Let's start with how nature impacts healthy connections. Nature refers to our internal characteristics, our instincts, our genetic traits that we are born with. These biological innate qualities often play a role in how we form bonds with others. For example, we may naturally gravitate towards people with similar traits, interests, or personalities like ours, the kind of stuff that you can't really fake. Like a magnet, the dynamics of relationships are sparked by chemistry. You know, that natural connection that draws people together. Some people may refer to this as a certain vibe or energy that feels connecting. And some researchers suggest that our capacity to connect with others and form close relationships is partly determined by our genetics. For example, traits such as empathy, kindness, and cooperativeness, which are important in forming strong relationship bonds, they can have a genetic component. While nature refers to our internal and biological characteristics, Nurture, on the other hand, refers to our influence of external factors, such as life experiences that impact our growth and how we show up in relationships. In terms of relationship bonds, nurture comes into play through our experiences and interactions with others. Starting with life experiences within our family of origin, our family of origin reflects how we were raised, the social norms and the values that we learned, and the gender roles that were seen modeled. All of our many life experiences that we've had, including as early as in vitro, when we were in our mother's belly, they have all culminated into this one moment, this moment that we share with ourselves and others. 
Each of these moments of our life experiences, they shape us. They shape our ability to form, connect, and even shows up in how we maintain our relationships. So as we think about our life experiences and the impact of nurture, these are the connections that we naturally make in our daily lives. They might be your neighbors, your colleagues, or the people you connect with at church or those that you meet at social events. These connections occur organically, without much effort. You might share surface-level information and casual conversation, but what's missing is a deep emotional bond that's found with vulnerability. Just like in nature, these relationships form part of our social ecosystem. They help us feel connected to ourselves, our story, and also provide a sense of belonging. For example, if a person grows up in a loving and supportive family system, they may learn to form secure and healthy attachments. On the other hand, if someone who has experienced trauma or neglect, such as emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, or even medical trauma, they may find it hard and may even struggle to form stable and healthy relationships unless they receive unconditional love and support or therapy to find ways to heal and address these issues directly. While I do hope to share more in a future episode about the details of attachment theory, because while attachment theory is like a whole thing, what I will briefly say about attachment theory is it helps us to better understand the nurture side of the debate about relationships. The attachment theory was first developed by psychologist John Bowlby. He explored how the early relationship bonds formed between infants and their caregivers shape our development in our present-day relationships and how we feel connected emotionally and relationally to others. According to the attachment theory, infants form an attachment to their primary caregivers, typically their parents, as a mean of seeking out safety, security, and comfort, leading to a secure attachment. When these basic needs of support are unmet, these learned responses set the stage for various unhealthy attachment styles, including insecure, disorganized, anxious, and avoidant attachment styles. These attachment bonds are formed through repeated interactions and responses to the infant's early developmental needs, such as feeding, soothing, and nurturing. Though you or someone you love may have an unhealthy attachment style that may be preventing them from connecting deeper in relationships, there is hope. It is reversible with lots of self-reflection, intentionality for change, and most times what is super beneficial is therapy or wellness coaching. With a blend of both nature and nurture, we see that many relationships usually start out naturally, but require a bit of nurturing to maintain. For a good reason, there's just so many layers to relationships. You might share common interests or experiences, but if you're intentional to invest time in getting to know each other on a deeper level, there's definitely room to grow to being more than just an acquaintance. Even if the level of emotional intimacy is not as high as those within your inner circle, that's okay because both nurture our inherent traits and nurture our life experiences, including those from our family of origin, play a critical role in our ability to form and maintain relationship bonds. While nature might draw us closer together to certain individuals, nurture helps us to learn how to maintain these bonds over time by better understanding our needs within ourselves. 
So it's super important to check in with yourself and notice what do you need and honestly assess if the other person has the capacity and the desire to give you what you need. If they can't, is that a deal breaker for you? Do you need more emotional safety, freedom to be creative? Do you need more time, more physical touch, alignment with your future goals, or more verbal affirmations? Do you feel comfortable asking those friends, family members, coworkers, and intimate partners for what you need? Also, you have to be honest with yourself if your needs are going unmet to see if you need to find other ways to meet your needs for yourself. Or maybe, just maybe, you need to make the tough decision to change the terms of the relationship. So is it time to switch jobs? Is it time to have an honest conversation with your partner about your needs? Is it time to assess if your friend has the capacity to love you for you? Is it time to pursue your dreams of being an entrepreneur? Is it time to try out a new hobby? Be honest with yourself about what you need in this season of your life. While this question may seem selfish to ask to yourself, it's the only question that you truly have the power over, and that's you. Yes, I know it's really hard, but you can't identify what you need without first understanding all the many layers and all the intersecting factors of relationships. In summary, the nature versus nurture lens gives us unique perspective and suggests that while some relationships naturally form in our social environment, the deeper connections that we desire require more intentional awareness to better understand our needs and the needs of others so that we can create nurturing and caring relationships that do grow and flourish. As we wrap up today's episode on relationship goals, finding your circle, let's look at some next steps. I hope today's episode has helped you to evaluate and nurture the relationships in your life. Remember, it's okay to let go of unhealthy relationships and to focus more on those that bring you more joy and make you feel more positive. It's the quality of relationships that shapes the quality of your life. By prioritizing healthy connections and nurturing your circle, you'll not only enhance your overall well-being, but also you'll cultivate a sense of belonging and support. So as you navigate your relationships, remember to strive for those that bring out the best in you and not the worst in you, those that enrich your life, that add value, and also be that person for others as well. I encourage you to speak the truth in love and not bitterness. I encourage you to communicate openly about your feelings, and respect the other person's feelings as well. I encourage you to celebrate each other's victories, support each other during tough times as well as good times, and most importantly, take the time to invest in the relationship. That's where you're going to see the biggest growth. So what are your relationship goals? Setting boundaries, practicing effective communication with empathy, and practicing gratitude. These are some good relationship goals and some practical and actionable steps you can take to strengthen your relationships with others so that you can create a supportive circle of relationships that are life-giving. In the realm of relationships, whether it's friendships, co-workers, romantic partner, or connections within our communities, it's important to remember the quality of our relationships profoundly impacts our overall sense of well-being. In this episode, we've covered a lot of ground about relationships. We've explored the characteristics of healthy versus unhealthy relationships. We've covered the three levels of relationships. And we've explored relationships through the lens of nature versus nurture. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Daring Well podcast.
Until then, keep moving forward in building your circle and keep daring well. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Daring Well podcast. I hope you found inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you on your wellness journey. Remember, true wellness includes more than just the physical. It's all about nurturing your mind, your body, and spirit in perfect harmony. So I encourage you to take what you've learned today and integrate it into your daily life one step at a time. I'm on a mission to help so many people with achieving their wellness goals. So do me a favor. If today's episode was a blessing to you, please don't do life alone. Please, please share this episode with your neighbors, your friends, your colleagues, and family members. And if you enjoyed today's episode and want to continue exploring the world of holistic wellness, be sure to subscribe to the Darren Well podcast so you never miss an episode filled with transformative conversations and actionable advice. And if you're looking for even more inspiration and encouragement to embrace a holistic wellness lifestyle, be sure to follow us on social media. You can find all of our social media links below in the bio, as well as in the show notes to follow Darren Well for more doses of inspiration, wellness tips, and healthy coping skills. Before you go, I have a free gift for you. It's a wellness guide filled with practical wellness tips and coping skills. So you can find this free gift linked in the show notes. Thank you again for being part of the Darren Well podcast community. Together, let's dare to live well in mind, body, and spirit. Until next time, keep daring well and embracing the journey one day at a time. Love you guys.